June of 2020, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and significant outcry for social and racial progress, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly established the Governor's Commission on Racial Equity and Justice. The commission's first year of work was spent focusing on law enforcement and policing, with over 60 recommendations for different levels of government submitted in a final report in December. Now, the commission has released an interim report on a bevy of new subjects. Here to talk about them on the Kansas Reflector podcast are the co-chairs of the commission, Dr. Tiffany Anderson, superintendent of Topeka Public Schools, and Shannon Portillo, a Douglas County commissioner representing their third district. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So let's start off with where we are at now. You've just released a new report to the governor this month. It has 51 recommendations on the ways that state agencies, the legislature, local government, a variety of Kansas stakeholders can take action to improve racial equity. Topics include teacher diversity, tax policy, early childhood, which we'll dive into a little bit later. But first, could you guys tell me a little bit about what this report means and what role it will serve in policymaking in Kansas? So when Governor Kelly established our commission in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, she made very clear that our work was not just to focus on criminal justice reform, that we were really meant to look at racial equity for all Kansans across all sectors. In 2020, we took a deep dive into criminal justice because of everything that was happening across the country and in our state. But for 2021, we really broadened our focus to look at the social determinants of health. And the social determinants of health really take a broad view of how economics, education, community factors, and our healthcare system broadly conceived impact really the overall outcomes of our communities, both in our health, our education, and economic outcomes for communities. So this interim report is our first look at that. We have divided into three subcommittees, our economic subcommittee, education subcommittee, and healthcare subcommittee to take deep deep dives in each of those issues. But similar to our first report, we wanted to reach kind of all levels of government in Kansas. So made recommendations to local governments as well as our legislature and then the executive branch and the governor's office and her agencies. You know, so, so in follow-up to that, uh, and this is Dr. Anderson, co-chair, you know, you asked, what does this mean for Kansans? Well, what it means is that you have a diverse uh, group of individuals, all who have expertise in a variety of areas, deeply studying topics that impact uh, racial equity and justice. What it means that is that, you know, you have individuals across this uh, state that now have an opportunity to have new ideas, new ways to advocate, uh, new legislative policies to really ask for their legislators to look deeply at, uh, what it means is that we have a governor that is uh, very much focused on racial equity and justice and has put in place a system to allow us to bring forth recommendations uh, that all Kansans can advocate for. So we're really excited. Um, when you look at that report, there's things that can be done locally, things that are cost neutral, things that can be done on a statewide basis. So it gives everyone an opportunity to advocate. Uh, and really have a voice for systematic change. Right, it really does seem like the the scope of this report is very broad with something for everybody. And we'll get into, I think, some of that breadth uh, in a little bit. But let's take a step back for a second. I think it might do our listeners some good if one or both of you could tell me a bit about the commission's goals and vision. 
you know, what are some of the objectives that you all hope to achieve in your work? This is Dr. Shannon Portillo, co-chair. That's a great question. And our vision is really to provide voice for communities across Kansas. So as Dr. Anderson mentioned, the governor put together a really diverse group. We represent areas of education, local government, law enforcement, economic sectors, as well as community advocates and healthcare. And so we're bringing all of those expertise, all those different lenses to really take a deep look at how we can push for racial equity and how that's really the work of everyone in our state. So providing that information for local policymakers as well as state level policymakers and the agencies that help our state run. I think uh, uh, this is Dr. Anderson co-chair and I, and I think uh, Dr. Portia really, you know, summed it up really well. I mean, you know, when you think about uh, the goals, I just think you can really look back to the executive order. Um, the executive order itself really uh, speaks to the governor's commitment to really focus on racial equity and justice, first starting with policing, but broadly across the state. And the goal is to uh, actually study this, uh, these areas and all of the areas that impact equity across the state to provide recommendations, but also to be a vehicle in which we can provide opportunity for people to engage and uh, really help Kansas continue to be better tomorrow than where we are today. Uh, that's, that's really the ultimate goal. And so we, we have the privilege of bringing voice to this, uh, but we also have the responsibility to bring recommendations that um, allow for people to advocate in any way uh, they choose to at various levels. Right, so how do we go from those goals of this commission to now with this report, can you tell me a little bit about the subcommittees, the process, the presentations that went into creating these recommendations that are ready for review? Keeping in mind that we've had one report already and we're midway through this second report. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just kind of give you that initial overview and then turn it over to Dr. Portia to you know, continue that dialogue about you know, where we're going next. So just as a reminder for those that may not be aware, you know, the very first commission uh, was intended to study racial equity and justice in Kansas. We were to hold listening sessions across the state uh, and really uh, bring experts together to look at this topic, uh, which we did. We had uh, multiple listening sessions, over 20 listening sessions. We had a report that had over 60 recommendations and it was really focused on policing. And that was that January 1st report uh, report that was published uh, for all of Kansans. And that report still exists and there's still traction on those particular recommendations. But when we look at racial equity and justice, we also look at, you know, how do we get to where we are? So our commission, which again, as Dr. Portillo has shared, is in place long-term. The governor made that very clear at our very first meeting a year ago. Uh, we now uh, have separated into the subcommittees that Dr. Portillo referenced, education, uh, economics, uh, and health care, uh, really focusing on those social determinants of health. Uh, there are meetings monthly in one of those particular areas. And then we have a joint meeting every other month with the full commission. And each subcommittee, our work is really to look deeply at that topic. So for me, I'm the chair of the education subcommittee. Uh, our upcoming uh, work, we're looking at the school to prison pipeline. Uh, we also will have a speaker on 
housing and post-secondary issues coming up. Uh, and we are presenting recommendations in those areas. Uh, you know, one example of a recommendation most recently dealt with mascots, uh, and that is actually in this very first report. So, you know, each subcommittee will have experts uh, on these various topics. And what you will see is a tremendous overlap between education, economics, and healthcare that really feed uh, systems of injustice and inequity. Uh, and we really have this opportunity to close those gaps by uh, understanding the systems at work and um, closing these opportunity gaps. I'll turn it over to Dr. Portillo to uh, continue to share the process uh, and the system we have in place. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. As Dr. Anderson mentioned, a big part of this is bringing in experts in each of those areas for our subcommittees. So we, a typical meeting for us will bring in an expert to give an overall presentation and allow commissioners to ask questions. We engage with community members. Um, as Dr. Anderson mentioned, we've had listening sessions across Kansas, and then we also have area-specific listening sessions. And from there, we develop our recommendations. And all of these areas, while we have our subcommittees, we know that they're interconnected. So there are areas where we may have members of different subcommittees join meetings, we have some joint sessions, um, but then we discuss all of our recommendations as a full commission. And so what you have here is recommendations that have made it to the full commission that the full commission has discussed and put in place for our interim report. We'll continue our work through the rest of the year and have another report in December that again focuses on the social determinants of health in these three subcommittee areas of economics, education, and healthcare. So let's take a look at this interim report then a little bit. Um, were there any recommendations that really stood out to you guys? Were there any big takeaways, um, any recommendations that were of great importance to either of you personally or, or to the group? I'll give the floor to you guys. This is Dr. Portillo, co-chair. I would say that, of course, all of these recommendations have meaning for us. There are some that have a really... A, good deal of significance given the timing. And so from the economic subcommittee, we know that we have quite a bit of federal relief coming down to the state through the American Rescue Plan Act. And so we had some specific recommendations with how the state and local governments should consider using those funds and decision-making in those funds, making sure that we're hearing from all constituents when it comes to those funds, and then also making sure that we're we're really using them as a way to move towards equity in our state. Similarly, we have recommendations around broadband. As we all know, I mean, as we're coming together via Zoom, the internet has become an increasing focus for all of us when it comes to education, work, and even how we connect with our loved ones. And so having broadband across our state is incredibly important, not just for rural communities, but how we also consider broadband access and device access in some of our urban areas. And so we, we focused on some of those timely pieces in this report. We have some big issues coming up for the economic subcommittee thinking about housing, which again, as Dr. Anderson mentioned, that touches all of our areas. Similarly, we focus on workforce, which Again, education and economics have such a huge impact on how we think about our workforce moving into the future. 
as you know, and this is Dr. Anderson, superintendent of Topeka Public Schools, and I, I, I start with that title as opposed to saying co-chair because in carrying both of those roles, everything that's in this report uh, speaks loudly to families in Topeka uh, as it does across the state, uh, both in housing and economics, but for that education uh, subcommittee uh, section in which you see a number of recommendations on child care and making sure that uh, child care tax credits are in place and uh, teacher diversity with the Grow Your Own programs that the state could continue to expand on and, and implement uh, to school resource officers and how they're utilized for school districts who choose to have school resource officers as we really look at training. And then of course, school mascots is another piece as well as vaccine equity and maternal child health. Those are some really large areas, uh, all of which are touched on in some fashion. Um, and as a result, even from this very first report, uh, we know that a number of places are looking at these reports and really helping uh, shape the training that's occurring for staff that's returning in August. Uh, we now have um, vaccination clinics that are in place um, across the state uh, at schools uh, and in school districts um, and just making sure that's accessible to families. Uh, broadband, as Dr. Portillo has already shared, while it reflects, it's reflected in the report under the economics subcommittee, it's a, a large piece of what we're talking about as it relates to um, equity in the education subcommittee as well. Uh, certainly every school district in this state was impacted by broadband, whether you're rural, urban, uh, or a suburban district or the lack of the infrastructure for such. So all of those uh, recommendations uh, are key, uh, particularly uh, impacting a school district. Um, and I'm excited about the remainder of the report on the post-secondary pieces and on housing that we continue to bring forward. Could you guys just kind of throwing out a few of the recommendations that came from the healthcare subcommittee as well? Absolutely. Of course. Uh, do you want to go first, Dr. Portillo? Sure. So a big part of the healthcare piece is, again, looking at this timing, we have quite a few recommendations around vaccine equity and making sure that folks have access to both COVID vaccines as well as COVID testing. And a big part of this is how do we have transportation? How do we have culturally competent messaging? How are we really thinking about vaccine distribution from a racial equity and health equity lens? And then also, as we put in our first report, because we know that Medicaid expansion would also have really important outcomes for our criminal justice system, we have really solid research that shows states that have expended, expanded Medicaid have lower crime rates as a result. We've also included here Medicaid expansion. We know that the legislature didn't do that this past session, but we're hoping that in 2022, they will take this up again since Medicaid expansion would bring dollars to our state as well as access to healthcare. And then of course, maternal health is a big part of what our healthcare subcommittee has focused on looking at maternal and early childhood health. And Dr. Anderson, was there anything you wanted to add there? I, you know, I think you really uh, touched on a lot of those areas, you know, with, with um, you know, some of those specific steps, particularly under the vaccine equity, you know, one of the um, recommendations, which we are already really seeing uh, occur, uh, literally as we speak, um, you know, identifying those strategies to distribute uh, the vaccines to the most impacted communities. Uh, Topeka Public Schools on uh, Saturday, actually next Saturday, uh, we will be having another vaccine clinic. We've had a mobile 
full vaccine clinic at a school, but that's just one district. We are suggesting and recommending that we have that occurring across the state. Um, you know, some of the recommendations as we think about uh, expanding the Medicaid coverage, the actual recommendation is to expand it for mothers to uh, 12 months postpartum. Uh, that's a significant piece, particularly for the uninsured, as well as uh, addressing um, a lot of the areas uh, as it relates to uh, new mothers and, um, and infants, uh, as it relates to Medicaid, are also embedded in this report. Um, so, you know, those are just some of those areas. Again, that just uh, addresses schools so um, directly. Um, you know, one of those recommendations to train partners to utilize the birth equity framework. We, in one of our upcoming sessions in the education uh, portion, we will have uh, parents as teachers representative really talking about the importance of that birth uh, equity framework and, and how that impacts how kids start, whether they get a running start or whether they're standing in a ditch when they start. I mean, so those are some of the pieces, um, but again, they overlap education so well, uh, as well as economics. Right, like you guys, mentioned that the overlap between these subjects is very evident. And I think, you know, the term you guys tossed out there might be the best point of intersection, and that is the social determinants of health. Can you talk to me about how that shaped these recommendations that you guys have just talked about, how it was kind of the, the basis for everything that has gone into the work so far this year? Well, this is Dr. Anderson, and I'll, I'll start with that social determinants of health. We know that health outcomes really are, uh, you know, dependent on uh, healthy communities, and that is contributed by multiple factors, uh, you know, employment, education, all of these things uh, that come together, healthcare, really determine what a healthy community uh, looks like. Now, I, uh, in Topeka, serve on the Topeka Community Foundation, and we actually have used the social determinants of health as our foundation as well, in terms of that goal moving forward. So when we're looking at these public-private partnerships, uh, which is another recommendation recommendation in the report. Uh, it really uh, speaks to how do we help all communities thrive? And so um, any community that you look at across this nation, uh, the areas in which we've divided in uh, are education, healthcare, and economics. Those three areas really are the foundation on which uh, thriving communities stand and grow. And so if we tackle those three areas, one, they're all going to overlap, but two, you really are getting to the core of how to help ensure that um, services are given in a wraparound way to families and to communities so that you create a sustainable model. You know, really, sometimes you'll see communities address just one of those legs of those stools that this table sits on. And if you just addressed one area, like economics only or education only, well, the things that impact economics and education are healthcare and, and making sure you have healthy families coming into schools. And so you really, in my opinion, cannot address one without addressing all three. Um, so those three big areas um, really are the foundation moving forward this year and into the future. I'll turn it over to Dr. Portillo to add to that as it relates to social determinants of health. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. As Dr. Anderson mentioned, this really was the framework that we decided to work from as a commission because it touched all of those pieces of our community. So we could look at factors beyond the criminal justice system that influence our criminal justice system, beyond our healthcare system that influence the health of communities. So really thinking broadly about the communities that were born into, that we grow up in, that we work, live, learn, play, 
and thinking about all of those factors and how they connect to having a thriving state of Kansas. And so we're we're trying to take a deep dive into these three subcommittee areas, knowing that every topic that we touch on will have some sort of overlap that will connect to community outcomes. Right. So looking toward the future a little bit and a, a little bit at the past, I think one frustration that was voiced by some was that the recommendations from the first report were sort of passed over by the legislature. Can you guys speak to sort of the process of advocating for these policies um, and, and pushing for them to maybe not, you know, all at once, but slowly be integrated into Kansas? This work is not meant to be an immediate solution. We know that it's taken a long time for our communities to become the communities that they are, and it will take a lot of work and effort for us to move towards equity and continue to push for these big policy changes. One thing that has been at the core of our discussions from the very beginning is that this is not just a report for the legislature, that we have recommendations that go to local communities and we've had a number of local communities that have directly responded to the report and recommendations that have come from it. We also have recommendations for state agencies and the governor's office through the executive branch, as well as those legislative recommendations. So commissioners have done a lot of advocacy through writing op-eds, through meeting with the legislature. Dr. Anderson and I presented quite a few times during this past session, and we'll continue to do that work in 2022 and in future sessions. But this is also a roadmap for communities to get involved so that we can ask communities to engage with their local representatives and state senators to say, these are some of the recommendations that we want to see in place. And it provides a a common language and set of recommendations for us to all ask for within our community at every level. So we see this work as very much ongoing. This is Dr. Anderson, co-chair. And you know, just to add to that, I think it's so important for people to see progress as it occurs and not to overlook that. You know, so as examples, you know, some of uh, the laws uh, and the bills that were passed and signed into law include, and I'll just mention a couple of them, but this is just, um, these are just a few that are there and some are still alive as well. This is from the last report in December. Um, so uh, HB, um, uh, 2008, which provided uh, for the Attorney General to coordinate training for law enforcement agencies on missing and murdered Indigenous people. Um, SB 127 uh, was signed into law addressing driver's license suspensions, and it contains the original SB 100 and 127 uh, bills. Uh, HB 2026, expanding options for diversion. Um, and then there's some others that are still alive. And so without going on and on, I do think it's important that, you know, while this work is on going. Um, and knowing that, you know, in January, people saw the report. Uh, and between that time and, and March, uh, there were uh, several action steps made by legislators to put some things into law, also to study these topics, uh, just deeply to make sure they understood what were some of the issues that we saw. And, and uh, because of that, they invited both Dr. Bertia, myself and many others to really give further education, which I uh, absolutely love that they were looking for that. 
Here's the other thing, places like, uh, I'll use Topeka, Topeka, Kansas. The city council right now is really rewriting what they're doing in the area of community policing. Uh, the police officers in Topeka uh, this year, um, as part of the Topeka main police department and certainly the school resource officers, they're joining with the school district and being trained in the areas um, of equity that we're training our teachers in. And so, you know, there are many local kinds of things that you're also seeing movement on. Um, recently, uh, even though this current report draft report uh, was just presented in the last month, you've already seen, uh, just as we were preparing that, uh, mascots being um, removed in some school districts, uh, just locally. So again, it just reminds people that you have the power and the voice to make change in your own community. You are empowered to be transformational. I uh, look forward to seeing this report just continuing to drive that, affirm that, but also to encourage people uh, to bring a voice to power uh, within their own uh, segments of the communities that they live within Kansas. It's really exciting. And yeah, so as we look forward uh, to the final report from this year, I know, Dr. Anderson, you touched on a few of the conversations you guys were planning to have, but if you wouldn't mind just reiterating both of you, what's to come over the next few months? What are you guys planning for and what do you hope to see uh, as we move toward that final report? One of the big areas that we're looking at is housing. And again, this is one of those areas that crosses all of our subcommittees. So from an economic standpoint, in our next subcommittee meeting, we're looking at affordable housing as well as housing access when it comes to housing financing. I know that in education, there's going to be a deep dive into how housing interacts with education, education outcomes. And we know that housing also affects healthcare and healthcare access. So housing will be a big part of what we're looking at moving forward. There's also going to be a continued focus around the racial wealth gap and how we look at lending practices, access to capital for starting small businesses, and how we can really look at the kind of education determinants of, or the economic determinants of the racial wealth gap. And then continued work around health equity and healthcare access for our healthcare group and thinking about what some of those early childhood pieces are for healthcare access, as well as overall family planning access and health equity, a health equity lens in everything that we do policy-wise. And I know the education subcommittee has quite a bit of work ahead of it, and I'll let Dr. Anderson speak to that. For those listeners out there, if they want to tune on in and go to the governor's webpage and listen in, on July 29th, the Economic Subcommittee has their meeting. And, and as Dr. Portillo mentioned, they're going to be talking about housing. On August the 12th, the Education Subcommittee will be talking about post-secondary education and really focusing on four-year institutions. We also will have a school-to-prison pipeline piece in that space as well. Um, and, uh, and we have some judges and some other individuals that will be speaking to that. Um, on uh, August the 26th, there's the healthcare subcommittee for people that want to listen in and they'll be talking about the ACEs that's the adverse childhood experiences uh, and interfamily violence um, and then the full commission will be meeting on September the 9th and there's some overlapping pieces related to healthcare and education that'll be coming up there so you know the first report for those that are looking at that if you kind of look under the recommendations by subject you'll be able to see kind of what's uh, coming down uh, the line in the next several months so everything from 
uh, additional items related to maternal and child health, and that's really health equity. Um, additionally, you'll also see some areas as it relates to really maximizing federal funding. Um, and then areas uh, for us related to under the education um, subcommittee, post-secondary access, um, and then some overlapping things with housing. Um, those are just a few of the areas, but you know, here's what I encourage people to do who are listening. Um, either email, listen in, uh, send us a direct email, uh, or go to the governor's website and send information. We wanna be your uh, opportunity to have voice into this space. So in addition to the speakers that we have, uh, the community is really helping drive this across the state of Kansas. So you can look forward to more voices from across the state of Kansas, not just ours, speaking uh, issues and bringing them to light. And as those continue to come to light, uh, you may well see other areas of opportunity in the social determinants of health coming up. All right. So we are running short on time, but before we go, I wanted to give each of you a turn at the mic. The floor is yours for anything you want Kansans to know. No, I'll just uh, say that, uh, first of all, I am so privileged to be part of this amazing group of people. Uh, all of the commissioners are dedicated in putting so much time into this, but it is certainly uh, an honor and privilege to uh, really have a governor in the state of Kansas that is putting uh, equity uh, and racial justice really at the forefront and looking for some transformational opportunities for us all to be better uh, in the future and to be a better uh, state. Uh, so I, that is just a privilege. But the privilege really rests on uh, the opportunities to be voices of individuals throughout our community. So I'm encouraging people to continue to have their voice heard and to speak. And, uh, and most importantly, I thank them for their willingness to uh, bring issues to the forefront and for the allowance to advocate in this uh, tremendous way. So looking forward to the continued transformational uh, uh, opportunities ahead as we produce uh, added recommendations. I'll turn it over to uh, the co-chair, Dr. Portia, to take it from here. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. As Dr. Anderson mentioned, I, I am so incredibly grateful to the many Kansans that have been a part of this work already, the leadership of the governor and really showing that racial equity is central to what she is doing and what her work is about within our state has been such a privilege to see. The commissioner's have all put so much time and effort into this work. And I'm grateful that they're sticking with us and continuing on as we continue to take a deep dive into these issues that affect the lives of all Kansans. So I hope that as we continue to do our work, we can continue to provide voice to folks across our state. As Dr. Anderson mentioned, there are quite a few ways to get in touch with the commission. We have, um, we have a, a website that lists everything that we've been doing. We have a hashtag that we're using for social media. We have an email address, an old school address if folks really like to put stamps on letters and get us information that way, as well as a phone number so people can be in touch with things that they think are important to our work. And then we really see this as ongoing. So when we talk about social equity, this is not a one-time conversation, but it should be woven throughout all of the conversations in our community. So I'm I'm really excited that we get to continue this work. All right. Well, Dr. Tiffany Anderson, Superintendent of Topeka Public Schools, Shannon Portillo, Douglas County Commissioner, thank you both again for chatting with me today and providing an overview of all of this commission work.